Hey, everyone. Welcome in. It's The Wrap. Tom Asaway, Clarence Black here at NRM Streamcast and the Jim Reels. Friendly Chrysler Jeep Studios in Farmington. Labor Day in the rearview mirror. I guess we look forward to Halloween now, right? Is that what we're looking forward to next? Man, I don't know. They had damn Halloween decorations up since I love August, it. man. These people, I'm ready. People, holiday, <laughs> these retail people are total whores. I know they are. I know they are. Welcome in, everybody. Uh, talked a little NFL and Lions. They're two separate categories, by the way, NFL and Lions. With Mike O'Hara in our last show, our good buddy Rod Beard joins us right now from the comfy confines of the Beard Factory. You look so comfy, man. What up, Rod? That's how you got to do it. You got to look comfortable. <laughs> You're looking good. You're what's, gonna hit the crib. what's the shirt say? I can't really make it out. I don't have my glasses on. Oh, it's a, it's a Wayne State. <laughs> oh, it's a Wayne State. All right. Bring on those Tartar Warriors. I love them. Anyway, Tartar Warriors. Here we are. Here we are. And we're talking bubble basketball uh, on the break. And obviously it's working. And, you know, we've got the final eight right now. And the East looks like it's kind of going to the heat. The Bucks did hang in there the other day. Uh We'll see how that goes. Celtics, they just dominated the Raptors yesterday. They really should have won this series already against the world champion Raptors, but they're up three games to two. And out west, the Rockets and Lakers, really interesting series, man. It's 1-1 right now, but if you watch last night's game, Lakers give up a big lead, Rockets take the lead back, then they give it back again to LeBron. So they lose that. That's 1-1. And the Clippers' Nuggets, I, I, can't, I'm, I take my hat off to the Nuggets. They could be up. In this series, they're down two-one thanks to a finger block by Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> Have you been enjoying the playoffs, Rod? Yeah, absolutely. Especially in in the West, those two series uh, in this round have been fascinating. Uh, just looking at it from a basketball perspective, and the depth that the Nuggets have, and now we're seeing Michael Porter Jr. and Gary Harris starting to contribute a little bit more. We knew what the Clippers had. We knew what the Lakers had. We've been looking forward to a Lakers-Clippers fi- finals. But it looks like there's going to be a little bit more before we get to that. And, and the Nuggets are really showing up that they can be a top-tier team when they're playing well. But they just, they've had a couple of head-scratching moments, including last night taking Michael Porter Jr. out where those could have been minutes that he played and minutes that he could have contributed and, mm. and helped them a little bit more down the stretch. Yeah, that was, that was baffling for me because he's a guy they say is 100%. And it's like they still seem, though, with him that they're they're trying to manage him. Do you get that that impression also just with Malone? Yeah, a little bit in terms of his minutes, you feel like they're trying to not let him go too far too fast. And, and you, you want to protect your young guys, but still, that's why you're here. You don't get a chance against the Clippers the way that they've gotten a chance in games two and three where they could have stolen both of those and be ahead in this series that um, if you're not – readying him for this type of series what are you waiting what do you have him for if you're not going to use him in this type of scenario i'll tell you that lakers series against the rockets uh i thought the lakers were going to roll them clarence said i think the rockets could win this series and you know by, by they could be up two games to none right now what do you what do you take from houston do you think they're a team on on the up i think they are and somehow they they're making it having tall guys. It's the, the craziest thing in basketball that you can make it with six, five guys and shorter who keep Anthony Davis on the perimeter, who are managing to keep LeBron James away from the cup and making those guys shoot from outside. And they had success with it in game one. It's just how do you sustain that over the course of a, a series with your Dwight Howard, with your JaVale McGee? How can you not be dominating those guys in the post? It, it, that's old school. The Dump Lakers it are. And give it. 
give it to a tall dude and let him dunk it. That's that's not rocket science at all. Yeah, no, the Lakers are pissing me off because I I firmly believe that the 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 easiest thing to do when you have a team like Houston that wants to shoot is you you can take their legs by just pounding them. If I was the Lakers, I would literally my goal would be to win every single game by attrition, just beat on them. And beat on. At one point, I saw Anthony Davis on Saturday night, and I, I literally, I, 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 I was with my brother. Anthony Davis got the ball at the mid post, and he did a fadeaway, kind of a. It was a weird kind of like two yeah. dribble, turn, fade, pull up, and he started three Lazy. feet. He started three feet from the basket, and by the time he shot the damn ball, yeah. he was eight feet from the basket. And I'm like, dude, you got PJ Tucker. On you, and I think this series is revealing the, the the critiques, the major critiques people have about Anthony Davis comes out in this kind of series. Like, dude, go get two feet from the basket and just dunk the damn ball. Well, I think it's the evolution of basketball now, where it's gotten away from tall guys, and you got these six ten guys and six nine LeBrons who can handle the ball and want to take you to the rack every time. And the logic just says, like when you go to Lifetime Fitness or something and you play, and you're playing against shorter guys who just want to shoot threes, you get the ball in the post. You you will score enough of your twos to match their threes to make yeah. it work. But use the advantage that you have. You don't have to go to the rack or you don't have to shoot from three every time. And it feels like the Lakers are falling into their trap of having to match them, but they have a very decided advantage mm -hmm. of where their, their big guys are shouldn't be messing around with a Robert Covington for rebounds. That should be an easy two just about every time. I could see, uh, going back to the East, guys, I'm impressed with the Celtics. I, I truly am. I don't want to be because I don't want to root for them. And, and the Heat, <laughs> they're a team that you know not many people you know paid attention to, and here they are late in the season. They make that great run, and Jimmy Butler is, you know, he's putting up or shutting up. He's actually putting up. I think these teams could, could last with the West teams. I really believe that. Yeah, and again, when you look at depth and when you look at what Boston has, uh, not just with Tatum, not just with the addition of Kemba, that, and they're doing this without Gordon Hayward, too, one yeah. of their, their better players. So they're figuring it out. And even with Miami, they don't have the star-studded cast, but those guys absolutely are contributing. Duncan Robinson, uh, Kendrick <laughs> Nunn, these are guys that were just kind of yeah. left out there uh, Robinson was on a G League squad before. Go Nunn was, yeah. Uh, yeah, just and go Oakland, go Grizzlies. That Good. those guys were just seen. Those are guys that were never just seen as role players, but they figured out a way to uh, integrate them in the regular season. Both of those guys were significant starters, and they let them come in. And now in the playoffs, they're not scared. They're 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 used to this type of play. I think Brad Stevens and Eric Spolstra are two of the best coaches in the game. Yeah. Yeah, people have always talked about Stevens, but Spolster needs to be on that same level, too, for um, and, and really Pat Riley for assembling this squad. Hell this yeah. is just nuts and bolts of, of guys, Goran Dragic, and getting him to be a reserve guy and to buy into what they're trying to do and everything rallying around Jimmy Butler. There was so much criticism when he was with uh, the Timberwolves, so much with the, the uh, Bulls, Chicago. and so much uh, last year. Yeah, that is just was he going to be able to be that guy? And the Sixers, you think they wish they could have had Jimmy Butler this year? Absolutely. <laughs> One of the things I love most is, and, and again, we talked about it on the show, specifically when we talked about our Detroit teams, is about identity. And I think you look at the teams remaining, they all have identity. And I think the team that you can kind of point to that's kind of trying to figure it out and they're struggling, I really honestly believe the Raptors now in the playoffs – 
not having that other star, as much as they've tried to make it Siakam, you know, it, 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 Fred Van Fleet's a great guard, but now I think we're seeing that Kyle Lowry and Siakam are not like, they're not those tier one A guys. They don't have Kawhi with them. Man. But they, but yeah, again, that's the, well, I, but I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you. But I think that's the, that's the piece of it to where when I look at the Celtics, there are things that the Celtics are able to do from pure chemistry. Of all the teams remaining, the team that I love watching the play yeah. because of this, the way that they play together is the Celtics. I wouldn't bet against. No them. one looks like they're would, having more fun. I would not bet than against the Celtics. That team. Rob, my my question is specifically. As you look at Houston, because Houston is the Houston is the variable. Because I feel like if they don't get mm-hmm. caught now, I I hate the rest of the matchups moving forward because of the way that they play. Because they literally just force with them damn threes, and even the Lakers are arguing with each other. They Houston is the team remaining that forces you to change your comp- like everything you do. Do you honestly think if the Lakers don't get them that? That the the either the Clippers or the Nuggets are just they don't have the the matchup for the Rockets. Well, I, I think the Clippers will get them. And and what I like about what the Clippers can bring is uh, Paul George, um, Kawhi Leonard, Patrick Beverly, Marquise or Marcus Morris. They have four guys that they can legitimately throw at your perimeter or your wings or anybody that you want to. They have they can play any style you want. And if you say, hey, we're going to go and play small. OK, well, they're playing Paul George at the, the five or Marquis, Marcus Morris at the, the five. It's they can do so many different things with the way they've assembled that roster. And that's but isn't that how like they get in trouble. Isn't that how the Clippers get in trouble sometimes as they. Oh, great. You want to score 145. That sounds like a great. I like Doc has even said that like we fall in love. Like we get into games and it's just we let we let other teams decide how we are going to play, and even in that even in that right, game two loss, it just they just kind of said okay the Nuggets want to go up and down sweet let's go up and down and he's like we he Doc wants to establish a firm defensive foot and it, I just don't see the Clippers doing that. Yeah, and and that's going to be the issue because that's what the Lakers had to do in Game One was just sort of what are we doing here? Are are we big or small? <laughs> do we are we making shots or are we not making shots? And again, not having Avery Bradley is huge for them that they just don't have the same backcourt. And that, now they're trying to figure out a way for Rondo to fit into what that new identity is going to be. The Lakers are still figuring stuff out. Everybody is, it, it seems like, except for maybe Boston and Miami. They seem to have everything all figured out. Rod Beer joins us uh, from the comfy confines here on The Wrap. Tom Mazaway, Clarence Black talking NBA right now. And you had something we were talking yeah. off the air about LeBron. And the Pistons and so, something of a brotherhood. You know, it was interesting. I don't know if you saw, have gotten a chance to see Jamel and Kerry Champion's podcast uh, that they do together. And they had LeBron on. Mm-hmm. And, and it kind of LeBron, you know, they asked him a question, very pointed question. And LeBron kind of came out and said, hey, look, yeah, well, you know, I get it. I'm a Laker and Magic and all that. But he's like, you know, I'm, I'm closer. I'm very close with Isaiah. And, you know, you can kind of check it out. But then he kind of ended it by saying, hey, you know what? It's time that, you know, people give Zeke his flowers or whatever. And so one of the things I had put on Twitter, you know, I, I just you know, playfully, you know, tag Tom Gorris. Not like he's following me or whatever. But I just kind of said, hey, he's look. not following you? I just like, hey, look, Mr. G, you? I said, man, look, it's time. Like, it's time for Isaiah. It's to T-shirt have, time. It's time for Isaiah to have his statue, man. Where do you come out on this? Because I think it's been one of those things. I've heard people whisper about it. But you know, as I as you look around at it, 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 the league, he is the the only 
if you're talking about guys 6-1 and under or 6-3 and under, he's the face of a tra- fan franchise that got him two titles. Nobody else you can point to in the league has done that. They've tried it. Ivo tried it. Stockton didn't do it. You know, Steph Curry, I guess you could say, yeah, he's at that 6-3-ish. But, I mean, I don't consider, you know, people consider him a small guy relative to 6-9 and 6-10. But, you know, I just it's kind of like, look, man, the Pistons don't have a lot of other stuff going on right now. I think this is a great time to do it. I'm just saying, like, I, this is the time to do something like that because, A, he's earned it, and B, it's just, it's like, come on, man. What do you think? No, I think he's 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 very much earned it, and we're starting to see a little bit more of those guys coming around that we're seeing Ben Wallace having own part of the drive. He was around a little bit more. Isaiah's been around quite a bit more uh, at, at LCA, and you've seen him at, I think it was at training camp too, he was around and, and shooting a little bit and just talking to Dwayne Casey and some of the guys. I think that's the bridge that you've got to start building is making him a face again because so much of Zeke's legacy got clouded with MJ and on a league-wide level and a worldwide level, people felt like they had to make a decision, a choice between either Zeke or MJ. And you don't necessarily have to do that. So it is, in this town, Zeke has his legacy. People know what he's done and what those years were like uh, when he was a a young player. And and you feel like he played for a long time and it wasn't really that long. It was like 12 years before he entered and and wrapped it all up. So I think that, that I've heard whisperings and rumblings that they're working on some type of statue or some type of homage to Zeke. I'm just not sure if it's going to be this year, but I, I think you're absolutely right. That's right on the head that it needs to be something that is large, shows that he's what he is to this franchise, what he truly should mean. Well, they got Gordy Howe inside Little Caesars Arena. He was inside Joe Lewis Arena. It's a great okay. statue. And then people are going to say you should have Iserman in there, too. Iserman's running the Red Wings now. I'm not sure how that would fly, but you got to do something for Zeke. Uh, you know, I took a drive past the Palace the other day. It's the... It's like the sand pile of Auburn Hills now. It's oh. not, you know, it's just the, it's sad, man. Uh, he would have definitely yeah. had a, well, he probably should have had a statue there. Did you hear what he said? He said he wanted, uh, they were talking about the palace. He's, he wanted his ashel, ashes to be sprinkled nice. at the palace. That was always kind of what I don't blame he wanted. Him. He wanted some of his act, but guess yeah. that they built that place. That's heartbreaking. Every time I pass that place still, I don't know what the hell it is with me and buildings, but <laughs> it is, it's just something. I mean, you gotta, you gotta be attested to something, man. I do. I know, man. I know. You know what? I feel that they're second-class citizens at Little Caesars. We all know they were an afterthought. They got in late. Uh, that's why the seats were all red at first, you know, and they had to change them to black, obviously, because a lot of people weren't showing up, and black at least disappears on TV. But there's not a lot of piston love in, in that building right now. Am I, am I wrong with that? No, no, no. I've said from the very beginning that this is like you're, you're moving into – your, your girlfriend's apartment or your girlfriend's house, and yeah. she's got everything all decked out. You get a drawer over here, and you yeah. put your, your, your art lounge over in the corner, but you don't have all of the decorations that you want to have. Right. It's, it's no man's room. This is just, hey, I got a couple of things over here, and I got a picture up over there, a poster on the wall of, of Sade, and that's about it. Well, and I keep trying to tell people, man, I, I never think of the, – the Red Wings are red. I never think of the Pistons. I've always they thought are of red, the Pistons. They are red, white, and blue. But I thought of the Pistons as blue. Blue – is what I think of. And so when I go there and I see the Little Caesars orange and it's like it's orange and some red and a little bit of, it's just, I'm like, it doesn't feel like home yet. And maybe that's just me, but I do want to ask you uh, before we run out of time, Rod, how good should Piston fans feel about what OKC was able to do post West, well, I guess post Harden, post uh, Durant, post Westbrook 
um, in terms of Troy Weaver specifically, Troy the Troy Weaver, you know, imprint on this team this year? Does that give us some kind of insight into what we might see? Yeah, I think so. And I think that's the biggest thing on his resume for me is that he kept them relevant through all of those different iterations. So it wasn't just, hey, when you, you trade um, Westbrook, everything goes to pot. You get something back. You don't get fleeced in these trades. And at worst, you're going to get draft picks that you use adequately and you choose the right guys. And if that thing happens with where the Pistons are right now, they can make a big jump, not in a year or two, but maybe in four or five that we're talking about they're getting um, back to being respectable, back to being a contending team that can make the playoffs year after year. Did they sign? Did they re-sign Christian Wood? I think so. I hope so. It, it's just if other teams start getting in the bidding and they value him a little bit more and they pay him. Here's the number: if they if somebody offers fifteen million, that's going to really be tough for the Pistons to say sure. we're going to go out and match. I mean, they got him for nothing this year. Yeah, yeah, 10, 10 million is, is ten to twelve is probably what they're looking at. But if a team comes in at fifteen, that's going to really test their resolve. And they can also do a sign and trade. There's some other things that they can figure out in there. But it, it's really going to be interesting to see how his value is on the market. Are we? Are the Pistons? Are the are the Troy Weaver Pistons in a rebuild? And then the second question is: Are the Dwayne Casey Pistons in a rebuild? It's one and the same. The the Troy Weaver Pistons, <laughs> yes, are very clearly in a rebuild. Okay. So if um, it, it's like living in your parents' house. If your parents are on a budget, <laughs> you're on a budget. It just works all the same way. There is, is no the, separating those two. So so is Dwayne Casey gonna? Is, is he's fine. Know, he's fine. You think he's gonna stick around for yeah. the rebuild? He's okay with with just. Oh, okay. Yeah. That, hey I mean, hey. The, 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 the money is there. Right. You're, you're, um, if somebody wants to fire him or, or buy him out at seven mil a year, I'm sure huh. he's um, he's good there's, with that. There's right. no expectations. Well, and, what's and, wrong with this? Just and Dwayne, out. look, Dwayne did. He he's he that thing in Toronto, in a lot of ways, post Chris Bosh was a rebuild. I mean, he he granted he had some talent, but I mean he has he has been through this. He has a track record for this. Some people would even argue he's that a better coach. That was his team. He's a better coach in the rebuilding, you know, aspect. People have kind of said he maybe is a guy. I mean, that was Toronto's thought process was, you know, they felt like he was a guy that could get so far, but that they needed, you know, a championship mm-hmm. level, you know, over the top. Yeah, and, and again, if you look at what Toronto did, it was building up to that and uh, deciding to fire Casey after that. And then you bring in Kawhi. Well, I mean, me or you could figure out how to work right, with yeah. Kawhi with the roster that they had, too. So Nick Nurse is a good coach. He, he gets a lot of credit. Um, but a lot of that was what Dwayne Casey left behind, too. Hey, Rod, I wanted and to bring the this. Culture. The culture is there, too. Right. Yeah. I wanted to bring this up to you. I brought it up to uh, Clarence earlier. Dan Patrick show today. Uh, well, a couple of weeks ago, he said, hey, the Big Ten's going to play. They're going to come out in October. They're going to play. Today on his show, he comes out and says it's not looking good for the Big Ten. No Michigan teams, no Illinois teams, including Northwestern, no Maryland, no Rutgers. You know, there's not enough teams right now. Do you think there's going to be football here in the Midwest uh, with the Big Ten? No, because I think you go an all-or-nothing approach. There's no piecemeal in this and just saying, well, we're going to play, Ohio State's going to play, or or. Penn State's going to play. We're going to have a couple of teams that go. If you're the Big Ten, everybody's going or nobody's going. And I can see individual schools saying, we need this for our budget. We need the revenue from this. 
but who are you playing? I mean, what, what kind of schedule are you cobbling together where you're playing three or four games and then you're just doing some some blowout games for the rest of the way? I think you, you've got to look at this and look at the general um, betterment for What's wrong with college football now is they're saying, well, we're going to have this BCS for oh, – um, or this playoff series for these teams in the, the fall yeah. and then this one in the spring, it, it's about the money and everything is about the money. And if it's the lesson, if people aren't going to do it as one concerted group, then just don't do it. Rod, if Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence were your sons, is there any scenario? I mean, we're talking about the potential two top. I mean, we could be talking about the one and two picks yeah. in the draft period, not just the top two quarterbacks, the top two players. And I got to I just got to say it. I'm looking at them like, shut the hell up! You, why would you? Why would you play one second? And, and almost like I want to ask, are you being paid by the schools to be good soldiers? Or because if you're Justin Fields, like I would be looking at you. If I was one of your teammates, I'd go, bruh, shut up! You're about to be a millionaire in like, oh, I don't know, seven months. Like, what are you? Why would you? Why would you play a second of college football? What's going on? Right, and that, that tells you the dividing line there is those guys have absolutely nothing to gain by going out and playing. So who is standing to gain from this? The universities and the athletic programs. So who's telling them and giving them marching orders of what to say? It, and you can talk about, well, they're competitors. They want to get out there and show the way. Yeah, yeah, whatever. They don't want to go out there and get hurt. Or they don't want to go out there and get sick as, as a, a secondary thing. So they can just chill and still be the number one or number two picks. And that's fine. So who else would be giving them that messaging? It has to be the schools. Not to, you know, obviously end on a on a negative note, but of note, you know, Jamar Chase for LSU made his decision that he wasn't going to play. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of come out and talked about some of the things that he's seen on social media and things that people have shown him in comments and just some of the the racial, you know, component of it. And kind of the realization for him that, oh, yeah, okay, you, as long as I'm doing something for some of you here in, in this uniform, you love me. But the minute I do something for myself, then that N-word gets thrown around, the selfish, the, I mean, it's just. Uh, oh, people are I wanted, Yeah, but I wanted to get your reaction to that because it's, it, it's kind of like some of the stuff that a lot of these players are talking about, which is the, you know, that I don't even know how to describe it, man. It's just that that aspect of just, you know, we still aren't there. Like we really still aren't where we need to be as as human beings. And that was just kind of a small little sample of, of still how some people think. Thanks for my national title. Right. And, and, yeah, and that, <laughs> that's what it is. Is some people want to say stick to sports, but stick to being fans. When you when when some fans wander over into that being a a human or being somebody who's empathetic and understanding of, of other people and what their decisions are. You don't know what's going on in his house. He could be living with his elderly grandmother and he doesn't right. want her to, to get sick. You don't know. And so everybody's decision is based on something and maybe just for them, they just don't want to play. They don't want to endanger anybody else or they don't want to get hurt. And, and in his case, same thing. Why am I going out here and, and trying to get hurt? That, that could, could jeopardize what I'm doing. Let me just chill over here and I'll do my workouts and it's all good for me. The fans are the ones who are, are acting like there is no world if there is no sports. We've made it through, for the most part, these six months since the start of the pandemic with limited sports. And baseball is is just trying to figure it out. The NBA has done it right just about from everything that we've seen. College football needs to get with the program and do it the same way if they want to have sports and get everybody safe. But you're seeing all of these 
testing and, and, and showing that there are residual effects of people having COVID. So why are you trying to, to march people back out there to play? Because it's about those dollars. And, and, and if people don't see that college football is about the dollars and it's not about scholarships and student athletes and blah, 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 this is as bare as you can lay it to let people know that. Yeah. And like yeah, I right. said, man, I, I didn't want to go. I just with everything that's going on with social unrest and, and I just I felt so horrible that like, here's a young man who went out, busted his butt, got his school a national title, represented him well and makes a decision for him and his family. And his reward is I, I just it blew my mind, brother. It blew my mind. Never yeah, Rod, it's never enough. Thanks, Rod, for hopping on with us again, man. Uh, we'll be we'll be reading in the Detroit News. Hey, three bucks for three months. You get the Detroit News. You get the Detroit Free Press. Three bucks for three months. Go online and let these guys keep this paper alive, please. All right, that's all I got to say. Rod, thanks for everything. Appreciate man. it, guys. My man. All Anytime, right. I appreciate it. Rod Beard uh, from the Detroit News. Thanks to David and uh, Kelsey behind the glass. TV Mac at home helping us put the show together. You're a good man, man. Thanks, brother. I I tell you that a lot. You are, man. I appreciate you. Good man. Hey, good draft last night. Fantasy football. We'll have some fun. Good times, buddy. Everybody, uh, enjoy. We got Terry Foster and Jimmy King coming up next right here on NRM Streamcast. It's Maz and Black, NRM Streamcast with The Wrap.